Hi, I'm Janet Shield Scott, and you're listening to JanetFitBeautyStyle.com, a lifestyle talk guide with expert advice on beauty, fashion, wellness, real estate, entertainment, and fun celebrity secrets. Hello and welcome to each and every one of you. I'm Janet Shield Scott and thanks so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome back. Welcome back to What's Hot with a Janet Shield Scott podcast. It's been a while and it's been a rough one. I know that we can all say that. It hasn't just been with my family and my friends. It's everyone around this world. This COVID-19 is wreaking havoc with our lifestyles, our family, our work. And many of us don't even have work anymore. And a lot of us are working from home as we have to quarantine in. Huh, boy. Well, today's guest is going to talk to us about an at-home business, which is pretty much essential right now since it's hard for us to put food on the table by not having work. Uh, so, Mrs. Russell, she's going to talk to us about uh, thriving and staying in the black during a pandemic. Mrs. Russell is a CPA and an IRS agent. She also has a bachelor's in accounting, a master's in uh, with science degree in taxation. Mrs. Russell is also the founder of SDR Consulting Inc. And towards the end of the show, we'll have our next guest, Lucienne Masalis, he'll talk to us about saving for retirement and paying into our Social Security. Because when you're a business owner, you don't have anyone to pay into your retirement or your Social Security for you. So Lucienne Masalis is going to talk about all the savvy ways we can do that. He is an accountant as well. He has worked uh, for the Social Security or he works actually for Social Security as an accountant, and he's also worked with the IRS. So we'll have him later on in the show. But first, let's get to our inspiring quote for today. Don't wish for it, work for it. Posted by Karen Taylor Bass on Instagram. For more inspiring quotes, check out my Facebook page or my Instagram page. No more waiting. Let's get to our guest. Thank you so much, Janet, for having me. And it's uh, Sassy Russell. I go by Sassy for short, but my full name is Sassy too. And I want to thank uh, you for having me on the show today. I want to also thank Karen Taylor-Bass for connecting us, too. And I'm looking forward to sharing. Oh, that's Yeah, yeah. Karen, she's all about good connections and relationships. Absolutely. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And, and what we're discussing today about uh, having a business, whether it's at home or, or a, a brick and mortar, whatever it is, all about relationships and, and, and how we interact with one another. Uh, so right. our, our country, Safi, has really never seen a crisis like this before. How do you say to a family or someone that is wants to start a business that you can show them how to stay in the black when they're struggling just to put food on the table? Yeah, we're, we're in unprecedented times and a lot of uncertainty. 
And, um, you know, I do work with mostly small business owners, just a little bit about um, SDR. We are a virtual firm and uh, based in New York, we're working with clients all over. And because this is a worldwide, you know, uh, pandemic, um, it is affecting, you know, many, many of our clients out there. And what I would say is that a lot of people are dealing with the uncertainty of their jobs. And uh, depending on the industry you're in, of course, sometimes you could work from home, sometimes you can't. But if you can't and you're really struggling to put food on the table and you have some talents and skills that you have been utilizing for others, maybe it's time to consider utilizing them for yourself. And um, yes, sometimes that does take an investment. And if money is really tight, you know, you may have some limitations. But with so many um, work, work from home opportunities or apps that you can um, just download and start working with, you know, it may not be something that's ideal what you're looking to do, but it's enough to kind of get um, some capital in so that you can maybe establish yourself in business. So my goal is to work with small business owners to set the proper foundation, determine what business structure is best for them, maybe kind of hash out some ideas of what they are um, talented in or what they have connections, um, who they have connections with and could, and could possibly, um, you know, work from that to, to put together a business structure. Um, to kind of hear people's story and turn that into, you know, a potential business for them. Uh, business isn't for everybody. You know, everyone knows the statistics of the 50%, you know, fail within the first five years. But a lot of times it's just because they haven't done the proper research and they haven't started with the right foundation. So I would say, you know, the focus right now is really how to create a quarantine-proof business one that can sustain this pandemic because we don't know how long it's going to be and kind of go over some tips um, and suggestions on how to make that transition, you know, and and what's going to work best for your business structure. Yeah. And so what do you think about the fact that they say that follow your passion, it can actually turn into a business? (laughs) You know, it, it works out in some cases. You know, when I was five, I wanted to be a ballerina, and then I wanted to be, you know, um, I, wanted, I was into fashion and, and um, dance and, and things like that in high school, and then I got to college, and, and then I got out and went on a, a couple casting calls, and I needed to pay bills, you know, oh, so man. if I could have followed my passion and money was an option, that's, I definitely would have went more into that industry, but, you know, I had gotten my, you know, accounting degree because... I took a, a bookkeeping course in high school and I did enjoy it. And I asked someone, what should I do? And they said, oh, I heard accountants make a lot of money. So that's what I went for. Mm-hmm. And I did find a passion for it, you know, so I had that as a backup. But if I really went with my true passion, my first passion, I would have been somewhere, you know, dancing and doing fashion shows. Mm-hmm. So, um, so sometimes you have to make a choice um, to do what you need to do so that you can do what you want to do. You know, one day I want to have a private studio in my home and have someone come in and give me private lessons. So mm-hmm. that, that, you know, in the meantime, I will continue to help business owners and work with this passion as far as, um, you know, accounting and tax and, and teaching people really to learn about how they pay taxes and how businesses work. And, and, and then when I have more time, I will have that time to enjoy those things. But, you know, sometimes you have to make a choice. Sometimes your passion will give you a lifestyle and you're able to do that. Sometimes you have to do what you can to build up your capital and your resources. And then maybe down the line, that passion is for you. Maybe your passion will change. So uh-huh. it really depends. Uh, that's, yeah. that's a good answer. <laughs> okay. So uh, how would you say uh, for um, someone that wants to get started with a small business, uh, how would they, uh, what would you suggest that they do to get started? Mm-hmm. 
So a um, couple of suggestions that are just basic, and of course it's going to differ, differ for every industry and, and uh, profession, depending on what you're licensing, licensed in, et cetera. But the bare minimum is, you know, research, you know, find out if there's a demand for your product or service. Um, look at pricing, look at the competition out there. You know, you don't want to open up, you know, a, a store. Even nowadays, honestly, everything's virtual, but look at your competition. So if you, if, if everyone right now is, is um, selling clothing online, what's going to make you different, you know, than the rest? So is that really a smart investment? Um, and, and, and if you are doing a, a brick and mortar, location-wise, if, if how much, um, how many other stores are like you within your vicinity, and what's going to make you stand out? So that research, I think, is really vital. Once you kind of get a handle on that, and you kind of develop your business plan, which outline all those things, you want to start looking at what structure is best for you. Um, I definitely recommend putting a professional team in place, you know, accountant, lawyer, um, financial advisor, potentially to explore business structure. What's your long-term plans? How should you start out now versus where you see yourself in a couple of years? Um, once you get that established, you know, is there a trademark or, you know, needed depending on your name? And then, you know, now you get into the bank account, bookkeeping setup, tax ID, all the preliminary stuff, insurances, for protection. I recommend making the investment upfront for those things because in the end, sometimes they're paying more later. Mm -hmm. um, that may not be feasible for everyone, but that is really the best way to start your business. You mean like um, paying honestly, for your insurance and things like that up front, you're saying? Just pay, like just getting your systems established ahead of time. So getting your structure set up properly, whether it's going to be an LLC or even if it's just going to be a DBA, getting your bank account so everything's separated, personal versus business money. How are people going to pay you? Do you have a website? Like all those things. And a lot of that doesn't really take a lot of investment. It's really just planning ahead. Now, since you mentioned LLC and the sole proprietor, which one of those uh, would be best for uh for two different individuals, and you know, I know it depends on uh, certain things. So, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I actually have an um, online course that um, does discuss the differences between all the different entity types, and it is going to uh, be based on you know your assets, your personal assets. Um, what do you have at risk? Because, for example, an LLC and a corporation is really for you know, legal um, protection, liability protection. If someone sues you, they can't go after you personally, provided that you maintain that entity um, appropriately. If you're mixing funds, commingling between your personal and business, then you could actually lose that liability protection. So most people get that structure mainly for those reasons. The tax benefits are really the same. If you're a sole proprietor and you're just operating in your own name, or if you're an LLC, for the most part, your tax benefits are the same. So it really just becomes a matter of do you want that legal protection. Um, also, with an S-Corp, which is an election that you can make, there are some tax savings that may kick in for self-employment purposes. And so it, that would depend on your income level in terms of the business, how profitable it is, and also your income level outside of your business. What else income deductions do you have coming in? What tax bracket are you at? Where are you located? Are you in the city or are you in a different state where S-Corps are not recognized? So it's really an individual by individual situation. The main thing that's important is that, you know, um, do you need liability protection? If so, and you don't want your personal assets compromised, then you're going to need to go with an LLC or corporate structure as a starting point. Hmm. Okay. Uh, now, um, you mentioned that you can talk to us about 
making your business quarantine proof. Mm-hmm. So uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, just so implementing, you know, some things that I've done and some of you know my customers have done. Um, so every business is different. Some, you know, some people in March when everything, you know, um, hit the hay, they were not virtual and they, they didn't really have um, the systems in place to do that. And sometimes certain industries just can't do it. You know, a restaurant obviously can't go virtual, but they, you know, made um, alterations as far as pickup and drop off and delivery and curbside, et cetera. So the main things are, um, when possible, you know, get yourself set up to operate virtually if that works for your industry. To do that, you need to have secure systems in place. You need to have software that talks to one another so you can connect all your pieces and make everything as efficient as possible. Uh, for us, we've always been virtual, so it really was seamless um, to, you know, besides everything going on, you know, with the pandemic and schools closed and um, all of that, we had to make some adjustments with that. But outside of that, um, all of the systems were in place and ready to operate virtually. So um, thankfully. But um, so focus on, you know, if you're able to make that shift, you know, I know some people in the um, art industry, you know, started doing virtual showcases and virtual comedy shows and the fitness industry started doing, you know, Zoom um, workout sessions. So you just kind of kind of get creative, you know, um, because you don't know what we're dealing with. But if that works for your industry, great. Um, If if not, then, of course, you have to maybe look at your other skills and see if your industry can't survive this pandemic, what else can you do? And that's where you have to kind of get creative and think outside the box and maybe it's not your passion, but maybe it's going to put know food on the table so uh what industry can you do that can operate virtually or in a safe way um such as like pick up and drop off uh the other thing is really controlling your spending of course developing your budget sticking to it with uncertainty you know in uncertain times you really want to have a good cash flow get a, have a good savings built up of course you know we're in the middle of this right now you may not have had that but to the best you can work on that great and also for the future you know this is the first time we've had this health situation, but Tell prior, to this, <laughs> prior, prior to this, we've had the 2008, you know, issue with the finance, uh, financial industry. And so we've had these sessions and things that have hit us before. So it's just a matter of being prepared for the next one, God forbid. But, you know, we know these things happen every couple of years. Yeah, we so got to first not, get out of the one we're in. It looks like it's endless almost. <laughs> yeah, we, we do, but we also have to focus on the future. Yes. You know, we have to be careful. We have to follow all the guidelines, and but we, we can't dwell in this current time or we won't be prepared for the next. You know, that's how I see it. But we do what we can in this time. And, and I'm definitely, you know, praying and hoping that everyone is safe. And, and um, you know, my condolences to people who have lost someone we have as well. And um, and it's a hard time. It definitely mm-hmm. is. Um, yes. And I know people are dealing with um, the mental um, challenges as well that come with this. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a business and it comes down to you, you know, providing for your family, um, you, you, you have to, at some point, you know, get the help you need to focus on continuing and moving forward so that you can make do during this time and then prepare for the next. Okay. What? So, um, so, go ahead. So... I was just going to just add that um, we kind of talked about putting together an advisory team already. And then uh, I was just going to say positive attitude. Don't just go through the pandemic, go through it. Spend this time in uh, learning. You know, maybe you can take some continuing education courses to learn about a new industry or sharpen up your skills on your current one as well. All right. Uh, what are a few uh, top practices that we should follow in filing your taxes? 
when mm-hmm. with your business. Mm-hmm. So it's important to know, um, depending on your business structure, how you're taxed, and that's a lot of times people are unclear about that. Depending on your structure, are you taxed separately? Is your tax combined with your personal? Um, that's the first step um, to understand how you're taxed. And then I would say your bookkeeping comes next because taxes really stem from your bookkeeping and records. So do you have separate accounts for business and personal? Are you keeping all of your receipts at least you know, three to four years? Do you have a bookkeeping system in place or at least a spreadsheet or a book or something, you know, because a lot of people um, don't do that or maybe they grow too fast and they haven't established that. Um, so I would recommend uh, learning that, getting that in place, and then from there you'll know, okay, do I need to make quarterly estimated tax payments? What do they do? How do I save for this? You know, um, how do I put money aside for taxes, you know, and, and not get caught off guard come April? Because a lot of times people get behind the ball and it is difficult to catch up. But it definitely can be done. All right. And then what do you think about the small business loans or grants uh, that are out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're coming at it. Right now we're coming to the tail end of all of that um, forgiveness and all that coming to play. But, you know, thankfully that small businesses did have, you know, some type of relief that they could take advantage of earlier this year. Um, and in some cases still currently. What I found with a lot of small business owners is that they weren't ready. You know, a lot of these programs through the SBA, whether it be the PPP or Economic Injury Disaster Loan, you really had to have a handle of your numbers, your tax needed to be properly filed. And I found that a lot of small business owners wanted to apply, wanted to apply, but they had no records. And, and, and that's unfortunate. But if you were able to take advantage of it, great. You know, hopefully you used it for the right reason. You want to make sure all of that record keeping is in place because certain things like the um, PPP, that application process is, is right now occurring and due before the end of the year. So in order to get that forgiveness, if you qualify for it, you know, you want to make sure you have all your ducks in a row, things were spent properly to avoid any you know issues when it comes time to apply. Uh, loans, you know, some people are scared of loans, but honestly, the economic injury disaster loan that's still available right now, if you meet the criteria, um, it's a, like a 3.75% rate or two point something if you were a, a nonprofit, I believe. Um, those are really low interest rates considering what else is out there and what other people traditionally have access to. Some people can't get any loans, you know, especially in our community. So uh, the economic injury disaster loan had a favorable rate, you know, 30-year term, and uh, it is still available if you qualify for it. It does involve credit, um, which, which did help some some people back, but I'd say go for it. If your business is uncertain in terms of the future and those were put out on the table and you were able to grab them, great. Um, if not, see what's still available in your area, but also check local resources. I just saw something from New York City posted two days ago. I think it was the LISC, um, a grant that was put out there, a grant or loan, I don't remember, but it was something put out there for a period of time, expires in November. So I'm seeing every couple of weeks a new grant or a new loan opportunity coming up locally. So I would encourage people to check out locally what's available in their area as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. And now we were talking about the stress that, uh, in terms of what we're going through now with the uh, health crisis and, and then trying to feed your family or uh, just to come up with the bills to pay your utilities or whatever. What do you right. do, uh, even though you your business may be successful, I'm sure you facing a lot with what's going on today. And what do you do to stay grounded for your Mm self-care? Man, 
and it's it was difficult <laughs> and it's still a challenge i'll be honest in march you know it was the middle of tax season we were dealing with all the ppp and eidl loan stuff from the business owners as well as family life you know we have two children 14 and almost seven who are now virtually learning and trying to shuffle that so I, it was crazy for a little while, to be honest, but I started to, you know, get more strict with my schedule. Um, I had to try different shifts to see what would work. So I would have to stay up late sometimes. Sometimes I would get up really early before everyone else was up. So I would have that alone time. And, um, you know, I tried to get a little stretching or yoga. And in between, I was doing like a once a week, you know, um, group exercise class via Zoom that kept my spirits up. So, you know, for me, I love to dance. That is my passion. So maybe a Zumba class here and there is what I would do. you got to find what works for you. You know, some people just get up early and they meditate, pray, of course. But you just have to find something that's for you. And um, Karen actually helped me to remember that because um, it, at times it can get really difficult. But once you find that time to have time for you, do whatever it is that you enjoy for that period of time, um, and then schedule yourself out so that there's some structure in your life. I think that definitely has helped me, and I'm sure it can help others. Right, and just take the time to breathe. <laughs> Those deep <laughs> breaths. <laughs> yeah, because I remember once uh, uh, one of my relatives sometimes, because I used to teach fitness as well at one time, mm-hmm. and so I always at the end would do these deep breathing exercises with the class. So I just kind of got into a habit of just doing it throughout the day. So I was with one of my cousins, and uh, so I was doing that. And I just I do it without even realizing what I'm doing a lot of times. I'll just go, (sighs) anyway, she said to me, if you do that one more time. (laughs) 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 Yeah, because I guess obviously I was going through something that kept me going, She just said, and she made me more aware of when I was doing because I didn't realize it, but because right. I was so accustomed to doing it. But she, the way she said it was like, you just do that one more time. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it's they, they important. Do help, mm-hmm. It does. It really yeah. does. Uh, and actually, I do that at the end of some of my podcasts. I have a, a breathing uh, exercise for people. But anyway, so. What can, how can we reach you? What are your social handles, your contact information? Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, I will go through that. I just also wanted to mention that, um, so I am a certified public accountant and I'm an IRS enrolled agent, um, not an IRS agent. Um, oh, okay. I don't want anyone saying I work for IRS, but the difference is really just, um, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, um, it's a certification, um, through the IRS and it specializes in taxes. So mm-hmm. that's what that is. And I'm also a QuickBooks Pro Advisor. So I pretty much we do um, tax and accounting, traditional work, as well as general business consulting. And then lastly, tax resolution work for people who do get um, into issues with uh, the IRS of the state. And um, so my uh, office line where you can call and schedule a 15 minute uh, complimentary intro call is 516 can you repeat Again, 516, mm-hmm. Go ahead. 516-255-6603. And then our website is www.sdrconsultinginc.com. That's S as in Sam, B as in David, R as in Robert, sdrconsultinginc.com. 
And as far as social media, um, at SDR Consulting is where you can find us on uh, Facebook as well as Instagram. And if you join, uh, if you like the face, uh, Facebook main page, there will there's a group that you'll see on there called SDR Tax Tips. It's a great place to um, plug into and get uh, weekly tax tips and videos and question and answer sessions as well. And I also do allow small business owners to post on Small Business Saturdays um, with their businesses about. Oh, that's so great. Check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Talk about connections. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I was just looking for a photographer, you know, for myself. I put it in my group and got some great suggestions. I'm doing a photo shoot tomorrow. So all right. yeah. <laughs> I'm all ears as well whenever I, I work with someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, would you use for this? Mm-hmm. So great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, I also like where you end in your press release here, and I guess maybe on your website, where you say, don't just go through the pandemic, grow through it. Leave us with some thoughts on that. Right. Yeah, so it's just about, you know, be focusing on the future. You know, we're all in the present. We all know what we're currently dealing with. We do know there is some uncertainty, but, you know, we we've gone through things before, you know, and we've gotten through them. And so it's, for me, it's really just about focusing on the future and assuming that it's going to be a success, you know, and preparing for that. Um, if we just get caught up in the current times, we'll just crawl under a rock and not be able to move forward. And some of, you know, so everyone's in different situations. Of course, depression is real. You know, I don't want to discount any of those things, um, get the help you need. But um, if you are in a good place and, and you are able to feed your family, maybe not have the same lifestyle that you did in the past, just focus on building it, building yourself up, building your family up so that in the future, if this happens again, you're better prepared. That's what I mean by kind of growing through it and educating yourself and, you know, thinking about the future. Okay. Well, Safi Russell, you have truly been a pleasure to talk to and thank you for the wealth of information that you provided for for myself as well as the listeners. And uh, everybody log on to SDR Consulting Inc. and find out more about uh, Safi Russell and all she has to offer in helping you with your business. Thank you again and uh, God bless. Thank you so much, Janet. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Small business owners, don't touch that dial. Don't go away. We have Lucien Massaz coming up. He's an accountant. He's going to talk to us about putting in for our retirement. He's going to talk to us about great tax tips that we can use to save money. Do you hear that? Save money. Here we are. Lucien Masalas. Hey, Lucien. How are you? Talk to us. Hi, everybody. My name is Lucien Masalas, and I'm pretty happy to speak to you all about uh, investment and businesses. One of the things that I experience in uh, advising people is most of the time when someone has a business, they don't want to pay taxes or they don't want to be an employee of their own business. And the best way to be succeeded in a business is to be an employee of your own company, just paying taxes, and then we can create any type of pension plan within the business. And what I mean by that is if you have an XYZ company, and even if it's one person business, you can easily create, have a W-2 at the end of the year, like now you're an employee, and then if you lose your job, like for example, during the pandemic, I have clients, they're getting 
uh, unemployment benefits because they were paying taxes and then they want they lose this you know clientele and then now they getting some money from unemployment that's very good yeah, and, that's good. Think, mm-hmm. and a lot of people they don't really pay attention to that they just go and then have a 1099 or schedule C what is you have to be very disciplined in terms of what do you want to do and how far do you want to go to be succeed in the business that you have to spend money with you. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's a pension, which is there's three kind of pension plan which you guys should know about. There is one which is, no, I'm not going to discuss that because it's a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. There's a defined benefit plan. You know, this is one of the things where you can put $265,000 uh, and up in mm-hmm. that plan. But okay. I don't want to discuss that. But the basic things you need to know is a profit sharing plan or 401k plan. This you can put as much as 18000 up to $24,000 within the business. So let's say, like, you know, you want to uh, retire uh, at 62 and you also want to have, you know, a good profit sharing plan. You can invest 25%. And of course, when you're 50, when you're 50 years old, you can invest a lot more money. Because at 50 years old, you can add another 5000 on a profit sharing, make it, make it $24,000 a year. And so when more. you do that, excuse me, when you do that, you also pay less in your taxes? Well, yeah, because those are tax deductible. Okay, it's tax deductible. Go ahead. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, so the, the idea is it just, and then, there's the discipline because what happened to biz I'm I'm explaining this to you based on my experience with people who got small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they said, well, they don't want to pay too much taxes. But that's one thing. But you also have social security because whatever money uh, you invest in the business in, uh, in taxes, that will tell you how much money you're going to be getting in social security. I have clients, for example, um, uh, they were trying to think they, they're going to beat the system and they became disabled before 62 and they have children. So what happened is then, so then the fact that there's a pain of taxes and then they get disability benefits, they only get a small portion. So the kids that are under 18 cannot really have anything. That's your problem. Because mm-hmm. every single thing is very important. You also need to have a very good accountant that knows something about financial planning and that really helps you in terms of every single month go over uh, certain things uh, as far as what if you want to invest in stock and how much money you can invest in stocks. Stock is good because one thing you don't want to do is to pay too much taxes. The best way to do that is to really have the capital gain tax schedule. This is what when you own some mutual funds and your profit sharing plan, so you don't only pay the regular taxes, like you know, tax rate or thirty percent or twenty-five percent. You only pay ten percent. These are the what the rich pays because they own stock in the market. Mm, okay, and so, but how much stock would you have to own in order? No, you don't have to. Even if you have ten dollars, mm. you just know it's just knowing how to do it. You know, because when you have ten dollars in stock in the mutual funds, and um, what happened is when you file your return then you don't really go on a regular tax schedule. You go on a capital gain tax schedule, which is 10%. So you save a lot more money in taxes that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but most people don't really know that. 
because people said, well, I don't want to invest in stock because it's, it's high risk. But there is stocks, but it's stock options, you know, because a mutual funds is also a stock. We don't lose anything on the, on the mutual funds. Mm-hmm. And then it's also there also for retirement. Okay, so uh, mutual funds are, you're saying, are a good investment. Of course, very good investment. You, know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be putting a whole lot of money in it. But in the long term, you, you can't really make a lot of money for your pension. Like right now, like, you know, this 401ks is... It's very good. There's a lot of a lot of folks right now for businesses, you know, and uh, they don't really lose that much money. And then it we really reinforces you exactly like you know what you really want. And then if you have an actuary, I was gonna say anything about defined benefit plan. Most people who got defined benefit plan, they have an actuary. They know exactly if they're gonna be living 30, 40 years is based on that. But this is a lot more complicated. So I want mm. to focus on the basic one, the profit yeah. sharing plan and yeah. the 401k plan. Okay, that sounds good. We can always have $18,000, you know, at least $18,000. You can start up, 18, up to $18,000 in mm. the profit sharing and when how, you start the business. And what's the, the least amount? No, no, this is what it is. You can start from 2000 up to 18000 Okay. You know, like some people, for example, when they used to have an IRA account, like, you know, people put $2,000 up to $3,000 when you have a small business, mm-hmm. you know, and then that $3,000 with due to taxes, and then you pay less tax, less income tax, because it's also deduction when it's an IRA account. And then some people, they have something called the Roth IRA account until up to 59 years old. Mm-hmm. But all those little things before you do it, you know, you really have to have to sit down with financial advisor and then to or an administrator. Like, for example, if you have a payroll account, when you have a small business, if you have, if you're on payroll, if you have a payroll, like let's say that ADP payroll, they have a 401k plan ADP or paychecks. They have an administrator. They have, there's a low cost on that. And then you can put the money that and then that money can be invested and then we invest it in the market. Mm-hmm. But at least like now all you care about, you know for sure by the time you retire, you'll get a lot more money, you know, in a in a four one K plan. And so and and what happens to say for instance we get into another crash with all these plans you're talking about? So the, the the stock is high risk. Those those things are not very really high risk. You know, you might be some money and everything, everything's perfect. But the idea is constantly can change around, like you know, because you control that money. If you feel that, for example, the market is going to go pretty badly, you know, you can switch from one thing to the next. But the pension, most of the time, if you put on a government pension funds, for example, you don't have to worry because the government those are really being protected on a government fund and a mm-hmm. treasury fund. Some people don't only invest in the government, like bonds, you know, as the double series bonds. There were were so many different ways. But again, mm-hmm. to do that, you really have to educate yourself and knowing exactly how much money. Because some people, like if you have a business, it just depends on how well the business is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because some business, it takes a while, at least three years, before they can start really bring cash flows. And uh, so to do that, at some point, when you start making a profit, then that can be, you know, we invested, invested, you know, like some people can open other stores or some people can do other things. But mm-hmm. once you get the 401k, you do the long term. 
you may be losing like you know, one thousand, two thousand, but you end up getting ten thousand dollars more when you act, when you really like to start thinking about it. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on and talk about the putting away for the social security. Well, the social security—that's one thing. But if you have a business and then if you are an employee, because most people don't do that. But the best way to do to put money for social security benefits is to be an employee of you of your own business. And the way this works is, even though you own the business, so you're on payroll. You know, let's say for example, you decided to said, okay. You start a new business, you want to make $50,000 a year. So what you do, basically, you take $50,000 a year, and then that becomes you, you're paying taxes on it. What if it's state, local taxes, and social security tax, which is, you know, the, you, know you, you pay just 30% the employer and the employee, because 15, 15, you know, so that will be 30%. So that goes directly, I want to file a tax return, it goes to the IRS, and the IRS goes to social security. That build up. So, yeah, so it's good to, <clears throat> excuse me, my God, through my throat, but <clears throat> excuse me. So it's good to actually, like you said, to make yourself an employee because this way you're doubling what you're putting into Social Security. But of course, because see, what happened is a lot of folks, the fact that they got the business, they think they can do whatever they want. That's when you get audited by the IRS. And I know this very, very well because I did audit a lot of people doing that try to come up with embezzlement. Mm -hmm. uh, so because they own the business, they think they can take money out anytime they want. Yeah, because you work, didn't you work for this IRS at one time? Of course. Mm -hmm. Auditor, tax compliance, okay. the most tough tax, and the tax compliance. I ask you every single question on that return. What is your name? X, Y, Z. Let me see your birth certificate. You know, this is ugly. So we don't really want that. So what you want to do basically is, uh, when you are an employee of your own business, you know, you, you are an employee, you pay, you know, every year, depending on what the business is doing, you can increase your salary, even if you're the only one person there. You can be one person, that's no problem, until you start hiring other people. That's that was no problem, because you're going to be paying all taxes, you are an employee, and then let's say the company has a bad term, like, you know, you lost a company, then you can collect unemployment just like everyone else. But at least, what you could do, though, you can take money out of the company because this is your company, but this is called distribution. So that doesn't go on the expense report. It goes on the balance sheet. It's like a loan taken from the business, and at some point in time, you know, you will repay that loan as a distribution. Mm -hmm. So those are the, see, I mean, you know, there's, but you must have a very good accountant that will tell you exactly how to work these things out. Mm -hmm. Because what happened to, for example, a very good example, if you look at what happened to, I'm sure some of you know, uh, Leona Ermsley, you know, who says only little people pay taxes. And she went to jail for that because she was using company's money and take out the expenses when she was fixing her house in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. You can't do that when you have your own business. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have a set of book on this side because at some point in time, you can get audited by the IRS for any reason. It could be random. You know, you have a book, you have a ledger, you make sure everything is together. Don't just use your credit card unless you have a credit card for the business. You try to, don't mix your personal with the business. 
if you want if you want to be IRS to be happy with you. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you now in terms of an IRS agent. So I'm not talking about in terms of an accountant. So what you want to do, whatever you do in your business, keep it business. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, if the business needs money, you lend money to the business, there's a balance sheet account to show how much money the business owes you. But don't just go out and then because you got $100 on your pocket, say, oh, I need to buy some supplies. No, make sure everything, have a petty cash. Mm-hmm. Your petty cash controls that. Don't, you know, uh, so whatever you get, make sure you get the receipt. And whatever it is, you got a clean business and you don't have to worry about being audited because what IRS is looking for is kind of embezzlement. And then you can prevent that. You can still do other things and still be successful at it. And IRS want to care less about it. Because once you get your nice book, about tell us what's going on. Okay. Now, what about, do you have to pay into Medicare as well? Medicare is different because one of the things that happens to a lot of folks right now with Medicare is when you're 65, you know, this is the time, you know, most people watch Medicare, unless you be, you are disabled. And if you're disabled at, a, at an early age, while well, maybe after working and then after two years or 24 months, then you get Medicare. Mm-hmm. But in a regular way, like, you know, you know, when you're 65, unless you have insurance with your employer, then you don't have to worry about that. Some people worry they have to pay a penalty of 10%. But when you're 65 years old, sometimes Medicare will mail you a Medicare card. It could be part A or part B. Part A is for hospital and part B is for doctors. But the thing is, if already covered under a plan from your job, or if you have an insurance self-employed, then you don't want to pay too premium because the Medicare premium is $144 a month. Most people think, why do you have to pay? But you pay premium on Medicare. Part A, which is the hospital, is free. But for the doctors, at least for this year, is $144 a month that you pay. But again, that also depends on your income. So the more income you have, the higher the, it could be. This is for regular people making under hundred thousand dollars. If you're making over up to hundred fifty thousand, then it fills out to pay an extra fifty one dollars to one hundred forty four. Okay, but uh, but also just say as a self employed person, uh, if you don't pay into that, then you don't qualify. No, you pay. No, you pay. You will pay in because that's the thing. That's what when I'm you saying. no 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 no. no. Remember what I said, if, you, if you're self-employed, right, it, it depends on what category of self-employment are you talking about. When you're self-employed, you have a business, right. okay, then you become an employee of your own business. If you become an employee of your own business, when you pay Social Security, it goes together. Social okay. Security and Medicare goes together. Okay. So when you're because paying the, into Social Security, it's also paying into that's Medicare. That's right. Okay. That's okay. right. Because remember, remember what I said before. Uh, let me go step by step. At least they can understand that. So Social Security's rate is six point two percent, and then the the Medicare rate is one point forty five percent. It becomes seven point sixty five percent for both. Most people, if you're not in the business, you wouldn't know that. Now, when when you pay 
if you look at your taxes, if you are an employee, like, you know, a regular employee, when you pay taxes on Social Security, you take 6.2% of your income and 1.45% on Medicare. And then the employer matches that together. Okay, that's how it works. And then, so when you, so then when you become 65, so Medicare, you always put money into Medicare, unless if you're making over $200,000 in Social Security, for example, then at $140,000, it stopped because you make you put the maximum for such you couldn't pay anymore. Mm-hmm. Now to answer the other questions, there's not a self-employed. If you if you have a company, if you file schedule C, this is someone who is self-employed, they don't have a company. That's different. Because when you place self-employed, what you do is when you file a tax return, there's something called a SEP. So this is when you pay taxes, you know, when you file the return, that's when you pay you pay those taxes. That's when your schedule C is like, you know, let's say for example, you get a 1099. You don't have a company, but let's say you're a consultant for a company and you go out there, you know, and then um, you you have 10 clients that pays you as a contractor. And then each one of those people, they give you uh, 10,000, you got $100,000 on the 1099. So if you don't have a company, so then you have to file Schedule C. Now on Schedule C, then when you take out all the, that's your gross receipts and take out all the expenses, and there's a net profit. Now on the net profit, that's when you pay the Social Security on and Medicare on, because there is a form called SEP. This is when you calculate this amount. So you're saying then, S, like the letter S, S, E, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah self-employment, self-employment. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see so, so that's what people pay. Now, some, that's what IRS wants you to have a quarterly, like a 1040 ES. That's what some of those folks, they make a payment, which is a stimulated payment every quarter. Because if you do that every quarter, IRS is very happy. And then at the end of the year, if you owe more money, then you can pay the balance. And then if you cannot really pay that money, there's a form called 9465. This is an instrument that we make request by the IRS. So then we can uh, request that and IRS will work with you to make a monthly payment because you're being a very good person by following the law. You, you make your quarterly payment. Now, at, at the end of the year, let's say, you put $4,000 and $4,000, you pay $20,000 in taxes, and at the end of $5,000, if you can't pay, IRS will work with you on that because you are able to make payment quarterly. Mm-hmm. So there's no different thing. But this is for self-employment tax. Okay. All right. Because you pay 30% of that. Okay. But those kind of things, you know, again, until you have an accountant that goes off with you, because you can't really want a business at the same time to be an accountant as well. But you must have a very good accountant. Those are step by step before you can actually get into the profit sharing and the 401k plan mm-hmm. or pension plan. Because the company, they're all tax deductible for the business as well. Mm-hmm. And then at the same token, because remember, you were saying about, well, you know, uh, <clears throat> What I found is the stock crash or the stock. Remember, it, when your company is benefiting from it because all those things are taxed, if you take $18,000 to put on a profit sharing plan, it reduces the income from your company. You pay less, less taxes on the company. Right, right, right. 
Okay. Right. So, so that's uh, that. Those are the kind of things that um, mm -hmm. this requires a lot of lecture and understanding, and then a lot of example. You know, this kind of thing. It so does, and I would that. love to keep talking to you, but we are yeah. running out of time. So, right. just to okay. uh, kind of end it or sum it up, yeah. what's the most important thing that you feel that uh, people should take away from this? Well, first of all, if anybody wants to plan to open a business. Make sure, like, you know, they have an S corporation to summarize that. S corporation, uh, you know, we can do so much things with S. Not after that, about LLC, but an S corporation. Because on an S corporation, you don't pay federal taxes on an S corporation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then because that will benefit you, because the profit that you make on an S corporation, that's what you use to file your personal income tax return. Okay, so that's good even for a sole proprietor to file an S corporation instead? Well, sure. No, when you're a sole proprietor, you pay more taxes. No, but I'm just saying if you're just one individual than sure. one person, then you can just open, then you feel it's better to open an S corporation. Than, of course, anytime you're doing S, yeah, of course, because if you were trying to be, be the tax system, because remember, on a, on a C corporation, the corporation pays taxes and you pay taxes. On a partnership, you pay taxes and the corporation pay taxes. On S corporation, the income, the profit that you make onto the business, it goes directly to a personal income tax return. Mm. All right. Well, thank All right. you so much for being a part of the show, for giving us some information that we can take on and think about and, and add it to uh, our business thoughts and like you said, get our uh, books together. And sure. So just yeah. appreciate having all of that. Thank you for sharing. Very good. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. It's nice to you all. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's take a moment to relax. Take a deep breath. Inhale. And exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. One more. Inhale. And exhale. As you go throughout the day, stop, take a pause, chill, and relax. Please keep in mind that all things which are impossible with man are possible with God. You've been listening to What's Hot with Janet Shield Scott Podcast, a division of Janet the Beauty Style, your lifestyle guide to fitness, beauty, fashion, wellness, real estate, and entertainment. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for more exciting information. Log on to JanetTheBeautyStyle.com.